0: Hello and welcome to Talk in the Microphone where we review Logan Whitehurst's entire solo discography. I'm Connor Nyberg and I am an avid Logan Whitehurst fan.
1: And my name is Owen Otto. And I was a friend of Logan's and played a band band with him and uh, played on some of his recordings.
0: Lovely to have you here, Owen. It's truly a (laughs) delight. It's just just so delightful. Today we will be reviewing uh, Logan's fourth solo album, Uh, Earth is Big, it's called. And this is the first album he did under the name Logan Whitehurst and the Junior Science Club. And we'll get a little bit more into that later. But um, so this album came out in the great year 2000. Y2K.
1: The Future.
0: The future it was here and now, and it was in the past, and Logan <laughs> Whitehurst was making music. Now, um, oh, and I have to ask you, so I'm kind of confused as to the timeline. So Littleton Frog broke up in 2000, I'm pretty sure. So did this album come out before or after that happened? And if so, like, were these songs kind of around at that time?
1: I don't remember exactly, but... Um the, I think Littleton Frog broke up in April and we kinda knew we were gonna break up for months before that, that was just when the last show was. But I definitely know that these songs were being written and recorded while the band was, many of them, while the band was together because I have memories of like you know being on tour and Logan playing them for me and stuff like that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, so this is his last album on mp3.com, the great mp3.com went defunct in 2003. But um, as a result, there's a lot of, um, I guess, more collaboration on this album than there was before. I mean, sure, there are a few tracks with um, you and Judah, but also with other mp3.com artists like um, Albrot or the Fullerians. Yeah,
1: I guess it seemed really exciting at the time that you could, you know, for the first time, you could meet people who are like-minded, who lived really far away from you. Yeah. And, uh, and like easily kind of like share files with them or get to know their stuff and this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, so how, how did he find people like Albert and the Fullerenes?
1: Uh, I wasn't too aware of Albert at the time, but I definitely was aware of the Fullerenes. I think it was literally like either he listened to their stuff or he or I don't know who listened to each other's stuff first, but they just liked each other's music and then started emailing each other. And then I remember Logan even like went to Michigan to hang out with the Fullerenes. And uh, one of the guys like, came out to the Bay Area and hung out with us. It was like, Logan and I were obsessed with their album for a year or so. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, was that um, Better Dating Through Technology?
1: That's the one, yeah. That
0: is a very good album. I, I cannot blame you there.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, They Might Be Giants made love to Elvis Costello's first album.
0: I, I gotta, that's, it's very sweet. It's very, <laughs> from the heart. I love it. Um, yeah. Do you have any other notes on this album?
1: Nothing that comes to mind, but I'm gonna have some amazing things to say as we listen to each track.
0: Oh yeah. And, the, and you play on a track on this album too, and I'm pretty sure that's the the best one on this album.
1: Many people, have, many people <laughs> believe that. Nobody believes that.
0: <laughs> but. <laughs> um, but I do gotta say before we start, um, a lot of there's a lot of, I guess, technical innovations that Logan has on this album, and I think as a result, it's probably going to be his best one up to this point. He's he's still recording on a four track, I believe, but he's still he's experimenting more with multi-track recording on a computer and all that stuff. And as a result, the sound comes out as much, uh, much cleaner than his previous three albums.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's advances in the uh, performance and arrangement as well, for sure.
0: Yeah. So that's why I'm, I've been very excited to review this album, because there's a lot of really, really good stuff here. So let's get started with track one, the Junior Science Club theme. We are
2: popular. We wear headphones. We are talking. Talk in the microphone.
3: That looks out for you. We're watching you every.
1: cool I think this one is definitely the hallmark of what you're saying of like the increase in sound quality and I remember after Logan made this song he was like just really proud of the how full it sounds and yeah how big it sounds and and thought that it was like a big leap forward in his ability to record
0: yeah no I I definitely agree with with him and you there I mean it's definitely this this first track is just rocking um Logan had to say about it I came out of a long bout of writer's block with an epiphany. I will change the name of my group so I can think in different ways. The Junior Science Club is my ticket to rock. I'm not going to change the music much, it's just a psychological thing, don't worry. This song took me 16 hours to record. Music on one day, sleep off the backache of the singing about four track six tracks of vocals and editing the next day. I can safely say this is my most rocking song yet. This also marks the first time I played the guitar by myself and used real chords. Actually, that brings up a good point. He doesn't play guitar much does he on these tracks
1: as far as i can recollect um i don't remember seeing logan ever really play guitar other than just kind of messing around with it yeah so that's
0: interesting do you know why he because um, i mean here he, he sounds pretty good he's playing like actual chords and stuff so he knows how to play guitar do you know why he didn't play it more often
1: i think it's because he wanted me to have some use in the universe
0: <laughs> uh i
1: i my guess is it's because um he he was just like a very practical person and I think when he was first starting out like his stepbrother played guitar and so he thought well I want to play with my stepbrother so they need a drummer so okay I'll play drums and then he kind of played drums in his first band and you know they had a piano around the house so we probably messed around on that the piano and then when we, you know when we were in a band together you know probably not that many years later I played guitar so he was just kind of like do the thing that was uh different that's one it's one possible theory
0: gotcha that is interesting because i think this is the one and only track where he plays guitars but um no i definitely gotta agree with him though this is a really rocking track and as you said it sounds much fuller than anything he had on either of, of his albums before so this is definitely a just transition track
1: yeah and i'm not totally sure how he did it but i think it had to do with kind of bouncing things between the computer and the four track.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. And and it says here, I think he he said six tracks of vocals. So it definitely had much more um, flexibility on the computer than he did with just sitting at his four track, even though he did use it on here.
1: Yeah, I also think this one's really prescient because it name checks our podcast in it.
0: Exactly, yeah. No, how did he know that? How did he know 19 years before we started this podcast that uh, he just name checked it?
1: The dude is smart. I mean, Kami, you you probably weren't even born yet and he knew that this was I coming. I know.
0: I know. I was I was but a what a but a wee babe and he knew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that brings us to track 2, What I Did to the Cat.
1: I guess this one is the first presence on this album of that little kids toy that you pull the string and it makes an animal noise.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, this is uh, it's the awesome use of that. And um, now I think I actually know the, the story behind this track. So correct me if I'm wrong. So the cat whose name was Chloe belonged to Dominic Davi of Tsunami Bomb. And uh, I woke up Logan one night and Logan put it in the sink and it <laughs> ran off and he went back to bed
1: yep that's the way you told it to me uh, I, I think <laughs> basically uh, at this time um Lo- logan was and dominic were roommates but they kind of lived like in a converted barn um, yeah. on uh, you know dominic's parents sort of like space in petaluma it's kind of a little bit outside the city so what's cool about this is you know probably you had cheap rent But he also could have his drums set up in this barn. It's like a really big room, and it had a piano in it. And to me, when I hear this, it sounds like it's recorded in that room, like the way the reverb is. I don't know if that's delusional, but that's how it sounds to me. And um, so this made it so that he could really easily record his drums without having to, like, go find somewhere to
0: do it. Gotcha. Yeah, no, um, and that does bring up a good point. I think this is the... um this might be his first one of his first tracks where all the instruments are real like the drum kit is his actual drum kit um judas playing the bass and there's a piano and besides the um the cat sample i think everything's um actually recorded live
1: ah yeah
0: and um this also brings up another good point this this track also brings up an actual piano which appears quite heavily on this album and i'm really glad to hear it this is the beginning of like logan and his actual piano kind of phase and I love I love hearing Logan on the actual piano
1: yeah and I'm honestly guessing it's just because they had a piano there
0: yeah I think that's that's awesome yeah um you know listening to this track again I noticed something I didn't before is there um maybe I'm crazy but I, I hear like um during like the second verse I hear like a like a fiddle sound like a violin or something in the left and ten- the channel or something oh, I it's didn't like that. Uh, it's like a soft drone or some sort but it's definitely some kind of stringed instrument.
1: Huh, I didn't notice that. Um, you know, it, the when Judah was in Littleton Frog, he played like an upright bass with yeah. a, a lot of electric upright brace with a bow. So that's one possible thing it could be.
0: That might have been it. Yeah, no, because it was definitely like some kind of um, stringed uh, drone of some sort. But it was weird because I didn't notice it before. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing this drone. And I'm like, what the hell is that? But yeah, no, it's in the track. It's so funny.
1: I guess one kind of theme of this album is that um, Judah and Logan were definitely hanging out a lot and doing a lot of music together. So I think Judah's on a lot of these, a lot of these yeah. tracks.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. That's definitely interesting. But um, yeah, this track, what I did to the cat. This is definitely um, um, up there with one of Logan's kind of like on the verge of of losing it kind of songs, except this actually happened, so... (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't hold back his um, tendencies this time around. But uh, it made a very amusing song. Indeed. Alrighty, and that transitions straight to track three, The Autobahn Society. Again!
4: Again! (laughs) Well, okay. okay. Yay!
3: The Audubon Society was formed not in 1883, but in 1886 by George Grinnell. He found it hard to justify the number of native birds who died to satisfy the hat shop clientele. He said, why do we shoot them And on your head, or baked into a pie. The chicken on that fence post laid the eggs to make my French toast. I know you like French
1: toast, I know you wait, it just occurred to me that I bet you we put this one after the last song. The last song is like an abusing animals song. Yeah. this one this one's about protecting wildlife
0: <laughs> save the birds uh put the cats in the sink yeah, yeah. so that's, that's a beautiful message but um yeah actually and also that brings up another good point this song i think this is like when the first time he does a uh, in album transition because he he obviously transitioned it with the um animal wheel and the again again so that uh, it kind yeah, of yeah. merges together and he does that much more on like goodbye my four track, but this is just one of the first examples of him actually doing that, and I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, like, the Audubon uh, Society. I like this one. I I think that the um, the two reasons I like this song are those backup vocals of the birds
2: doo 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 ah,
1: and um, it reminds me of the uh, Tiki Room at Disneyland. Oh yeah. We've got all these like little uh, animatronic birds singing. Yeah, and
0: they got the little little song going on in the tiki room.
1: Yeah, I love. It's really, I really love that. And um, <laughs> and then I like French toast. So.
0: Yeah, I yeah. I like French toast too, and I'm glad Logan knows that we like French toast. <laughs> it's just that's any song with French toast just warms my heartstrings. All yeah, right, and, it's, and we got... it
1: just, It's cool because it's. Uh, I guess this one continues the. Um, sort of like science themed songs but it's a little bit different than the other ones
0: yeah yeah it's very um much like the they might be giants kind of educational theme yeah but this one has french toast so it's obviously superior <laughs> <laughs> all right and that leads us into a track four paranoia
3: They'll never touch you if your eyes are on the blue Better watch
1: What do you think, Connor? I really
0: like this song. I I really, I really do enjoy it. It reminds me, um, it's kind of going back to the Junior Science Club theme in that it's very full. And um, so apparently he took this horn sample from an Albrot song called Feedback, and then he kind of just built on top of it like layers and layers and layers, and um, made this whole new song out of it. And I really, I actually really enjoy it. It's a very funky jam.
1: This one I have kind of mixed feelings on. On the one hand, I feel like it's a real leap forward in recording and arranging. As you yeah. say, it's so big sounding. It kind of is a bit of a... Um, it has some Oingo Boingo quality. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and there's like minor chord arpeggios and whatnot. And um, I think the singing is better. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really pro sounding. But then the it kind of makes me miss... I remember when i was first hearing this i was like missing the old school logan (laughs) the i don't know like there's something about it that um when it starts getting this good sounding yeah then it makes me um start being like well what are the what are the lyrics about is it i don't (laughs) know it makes me kind of uh look at it through a different lens than i do when i'm listening to like i would be a big octopus where i'm just kind of enjoying that it's like this madman like experimenting
0: yeah you have to look at it like an actual song now it's no longer just a bunch of experiments he he kind of knows what you're doing so you want to you want to critique it
1: exactly exactly
0: i got you that's yeah no i i understand and it it definitely it has gotten to that point but it is kind of sad that it seems like at least in this point in the album it seems like he he's grown out of the old logan and into the new logan but i think the next track will satisfy your hunger for the old logan (laughs) For track five is a forty two second ditty, if you can call it that, of Bubba's Throat. <coughs>
1: it's hard on my throat. 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 <coughs> It's hard on my throat. 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 It's hard my throat. Yeah, this is the way I like it. Yeah, this we played this song. We had this song at my wedding.
0: So. <laughs> I bet the dance floor was bustling. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the great-grandmothers, uh, they really dug it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so surprised that Bubba is such a such a rhythmic cougher. I didn't realize anybody could have such a rhythmic cough that just just flowed so well, you know? He's
1: a multi-instrumentalist, yes.
0: I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, plays uh, guitar and, and coughs. Um, for those of you who don't know, Bubba is Kevin Sir from um, fellow California band Lucky Strike. Uh, were they from Petaluma or were they from a, a different area?
1: They were from Sacramento, which was Gosh. maybe about a two hour drive away from us. But we started touring we were touring kind of around Northern California a lot, so we would see them pretty often. Yeah. Um, and we went to Sacramento a lot. So Logan in particular was really close with uh, everyone in that band. They they'd hang out.
0: Yeah, and they um they did uh I like Pez, didn't they?
1: they did do i like pez and i think uh you probably would remember more than me like i think he went and helped them record one of their albums maybe around this time
0: i think so yeah and um i think also that that the um, something from those sessions actually kind of pop up here later on this album um but yeah so bubba um bubba was doing some silly voices for logan and it was hard on his throat so he coughed and uh a star was born that day
1: yeah and i think this is the theme that we always mention where it's just like He's just making these songs to make his friends laugh. <laughs>
2: well,
0: I, I I legitimately enjoy this one, especially. I mean, I after hearing it so many times, I just I, I want to cough along with him. If that makes any sense, you know. Totally. I just want to be there coughing with him. Um, track six is another little uh, silly little ditty called "I Want to Rock."
2: Cause I like to rock Rock Come on, I want to rock Rock I wanna, I wanna, wanna, wanna Rock
3: Are you gonna let me Spend my days in a purple haze Mid to late 80s was a glory day
1: I've never heard anything like this song. <laughs> it's like It's
2: like
1: <laughs> Madness.
0: It is. It is utter insanity. And uh so yeah, I want to rock. It's it's a um it's actually a collaboration between uh, Logan and Judah. It's like a a duet if you wanna call it that. And um, Logan notes that he likes the fact that not even one bit of the song even remotely approaches anything sounding even slightly like it might resemble music, which might remind you of sounds remotely close to indicating the influence or even the presence of rock. <laughs> and uh, I have to agree wholeheartedly, but I'm, I'm bopping to this tune. I, I love it. I love it so much.
1: Yeah, I think the one that the thing that makes this song really weird is it seems like lots of instruments and voices are sped up or slowed down. So it just yeah. feels really off kilter. Um, <laughs> and I think having like, I'm pretty sure it's Judas sped up makes there be this other voice that I always kind of thought was Logan's voice, but didn't yeah. sound like him. So I couldn't understand how that was coming about.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't realize that, um, that, that was Judah either. until looking this up, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, uh a duet if you want to call it it. but i I know what you mean um it's like it's like you're listening to the the song at the wrong speed or something but at the same time it just kind of adds to the experience i love it yeah i I want to rock now i want to rock (laughs) and um track seven is a little uh little romantic ditty for all you lovebirds out there called calculator love Logan says, "I'd wanted to do this song for a long time, but I had no idea what it was about. Now I do. You can't solve your romantic problems logically, and you can't get Alvin to speed rehab because he's too wiry and quick to catch."
1: Yeah, this one definitely sounds like a Chipmunks collab. <laughs> it does.
0: Um, this is a really like really classic song right here. Um, very simple, but I mean, um, again, it's got him on the on the real piano, and it's it's very essentially Logan. You can you can hear it all throughout it. Um if it weren't for the chipmunk vocals on top and um, I think this appears on his Ventures Doorknob mini album which came out the year before so this was obviously a long time in the making so was this one is now.
1: this one a popular one with uh, Logan fans on the internet?
0: I think so um, I'm not too sure but I, I personally I really like this track mm. I really like it it's because it's it's short and sweet and everything neat <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's got the uh, it's got the melody. It's got the math comedy.
0: Yeah, and it's got um, it's got Alvin and the Chipmunks. And um, Alvin apparently has a speed addiction, which I was not aware of. I'm I'm sorry to Theodore and Simon for that. But they had, they had to go through that.
1: Seriously, yeah, they have
0: to live with that. That's so sad.
1: Too bad we can't hear more from Logan on what that recording experience was like.
0: I I bet it was it was pretty uh, intense. <laughs> All right, so uh, track eight is Without the Chipmunks, and it's called Watertown.
1: Welcome. Welcome to Watertown. First word on this song. Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a, a really interesting track. Um, I really like it. Um, again, this is one I believe it's completely all real instruments, um, a live track. And um, this is kind of like the closest thing there was to Lilton Frog Reunion, wasn't it? Because it was you on guitar, Judah on bass, and uh, Logan on drums and vocals.
1: Uh, To some degree, perhaps, but it definitely felt like a a Logan song to me. And uh, around this time, we were doing kind of lots of uh, different collaborations with with each other. And, uh, you know, like we did stuff where like I'd make a track and he'd write music to it or he'd write a track and I'd write music to it or different things like that. So this just kind of seemed like one of them. Um, uh, But what's kind of interesting about this one is we recorded the whole... Pretty much the whole thing I definitely didn't record drums But we recorded everything else At my house On my computer Using Pro Tools Oh cool So I kind of got um, to see Like how we did everything
0: Yeah Yeah um, How was that like? Uh,
1: I think The thing that stands out The most to me Is the Watching him record The backup vocals Because He did it Really fast And I mean There's oh. three part harmonies And stuff in there And you just can like hear it he just had it all in his mind he, wow. he wasn't like he wasn't like um having a, a, a keyboard set up to work him out or anything yeah yeah it was just like all in his mind he would just do oh, it he'd be like all right do that one all right now we'll do the next one do the next one maybe he might you know like change him a little bit but pretty much it, it, he would just do it really fast
0: that's interesting yeah. yeah oh that's really cool um i really i really do like this track um and it's funny that you say this is definitely Logan track, because I hear, I could definitely hear like Christine singing on this. It sounds, it reminds me a lot of like on the lines of like Welcome to Nowhere or something like that. You know, like going out of your mind in this place where nothing happens. Oh, like um,
1: lyrically, it's maybe a little bit more akin to Little Tim yeah. Frog the Yeah. And I was wondering sense.
0: if this was like something that was intended for Little Frog or something along those lines.
1: Not really. Like definitely, I think Logan kind of wanted to keep his music separate to some degree so he didn't he didn't really bring in songs to little tin frog um the songs that he contributed a lot to were ones that we just kind of wrote all together at the same time yeah uh and this one was very much you know like judah and i played on it but logan was very much like directing us you know like uh whenever i would play on as one of his songs i would kind of like play a bunch of stuff and he would pick out the things he liked
0: Cool. Yeah, no, I, I really, really do like this one, and um, it's also interesting because this is a kind of um, like a really weird change of pace on the album. I mean, yeah, it's, it's still um, silly to some degree, but at the same time, it's also like you're saying with paranoia, this, this is like um, it's like a real song. It's like, oh my God, he's writing real, real, <laughs> real songs at this point, point. and so it's just interesting to hear this mixed in with stuff like I Want to Rock and Bubba's Throat. And that's kinda of seems to be the the pace for the entire album here. It's like you got real songs, like real like thought out kind of stuff mixed in with these audio experiments. And um, but you're seeing a little bit more less of these audio experiments and more of these, I guess, actual songs, you know?
1: Yeah, I guess even the audio experiments are kind of songs. Are pretty good yeah. songs. But this one, maybe it's that he's experimenting with kind of different lyrical themes. Yeah. And exactly you're trying out more kind of less funny stuff you know we did a little bit of that before but i think much more on this album
2: for some reason
1: for some reason this one's i don't exactly know what it's about but when i listen to it it kind of uh, i can't think of any way to say it other than it kind of moves me Uh, i get engaged with the lyrics that has some sort of strange surreal quality to it
0: Yeah, it does. And at the same time, it's kind of relatable. I mean, everyone's felt like like you're kind of stuck in this one place and you can't ever get out. You can't ever leave. And um, and that's why it reminds me a lot of of Littleton frog in that way. It's 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 like it's like angsty without being too dramatic. Ah. Um, Yeah, but uh, a little fun fact on the song, if you look up Watertown on Wikipedia, um this song is actually in the um music section watertown may refer to music watertown a song in the album earth is big 2000 by logan whitehurst right underneath an album by frank sinatra another interesting note uh watertown is apparently the nickname for area 51. so uh what was Ah. Logan trying to tell us was he trying to say something
1: he was definitely trying to say something (laughs) but let's not Let's, Let's not, not look it into away too it too much, not, not while yeah.
0: we're uh, on the internet here. We might, <laughs> might have to talk about it off the internet here. But um, track uh, nine on this album is a very personal favorite, and I think a fan favorite as well. It's called O-H-M-Y-G-O-D-I-M-O-N-F-I-R-E.
3: See him running from the porch Like some kind of human torch orange tendrils everywhere acrid stench of burning hair flailing like a drowning bird in the dirt he scrawls this word o-h-m-y-g-o-d-i-m-o-n-f-i-r-e From head to shoe, stopping, dropping, rolling to
2: la la la
3: la 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 la
1: So, I'm not remembering any other examples right now, but this is Logan. Definitely had a lot of songs, some of them that are not even recorded, where he would do spelling of things.
0: Oh, wow! Yeah, that's right. And that's he was a national champion at the spelling bee, wasn't he? Exactly. He went See? to the National Spelling Bee, and he lost in the second round because he couldn't spell a word I can't even pronounce. What was it? Odontalexia? I o-
1: say od- odontalexia. I, I
0: odontalexia. Uh, yeah. Why would you ever need to know that word? I don't know. The only but, reason hey,
1: is if you're at the National Spelling Bee.
0: Yeah, or if you're in dentistry, apparently. But, um, but hey, he made it to the National Spelling Bee. I don't think that's too bad of a word to uh, misspell. That's... Like what, what even? I think that's. I don't think that's fair. I think you should have gotten a rematch, honestly. Yeah, that's a real word. I don't believe it. I'm he seemed at it right now.
1: He seemed to have mixed feelings about it. Like on the one end, he was like, "Oh, cool! I didn't have to stay and be stressed out more for the further rounds, and got to yeah. go around and see Washington D.C." <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think he was a little bummed.
0: Yeah, no, I remember hearing the story um, how, because they have the counselors at, at the spelling bee, because, you know, kids get really upset when um, when they lose, like, a word or whatever, and so they have, like, counselors, and for, like, a half hour, you speak with the counselor. And apparently, he said he went to the counselor, and he was out in, like, five minutes, because he wasn't too upset, because he was like, I want to see DC. Oh, I think, <laughs> I think that's the best way to do it. But, um, yeah, no, this is definitely very heavy on the spelling, and it rhymes, too, and it's just... All around, it's just a very clever song. I, I really enjoy it. And I think this is one where it's like, Logan can be silly, but this, I think, is like a true, like, just comedic song. Like, this is one that you'd hear on Dr. Demento.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is a definitely good one.
0: Yeah. And uh, so I, I really, really like this one. Um, this one gets a gold star from me. Uh, track 10 is an interesting little track. It's called Tokyo Narita. The water is made of rain.
3: Why is the rain so wet, so wet? Why is the rain so wet? Why is the rain so wet, so wet, wet? Why is the rain so freaking wet? It's made
2: of water.
3: That the water's made of rain
1: so this this is (laughs) so this so this so this This. all right you're up you're up connor you have the card all right right.
0: this is an interesting song (laughs) um uh, i believe it's a collaboration between another collaboration between um logan and judah and um i really like this track too but i honestly for the life of me can't tell you why i just really like it but when i when i listen to it i'm like this is too weird for color tv and yet i really like it
1: yeah this one's kind of my least favorite i gotta say <laughs> i just don't uh, it this kind of contradicts my thing about when i wanted him to do like more because it feels like really like uh written really quickly without a lot of overthinking yeah
0: exactly yeah
1: it just kind of bugs me and and
0: then the japanese voices at the end and then and then it builds up (laughs) tokyo narita (laughs) and it's just like the whole song is so random and yet it's like it's it's kind of this kind of is a a fan favorite i've heard covers of this song by different people oh really yeah people people like this um maybe because it's so simple um I mean, I really like it too. I maybe that's why I like it. I, I still don't get the Japanese reference. I, I don't, I don't get this song. I really don't. But you know, I'm I'm not gonna question it. I'm not gonna question the, the hidden genius that is <laughs> Tokyo Narita.
1: If you feel it, you feel it.
0: I know. You just gotta you gotta go with the feels. Yeah. What is Tokyo Narita actually? I'm gonna look this up. Tokyo Narita. It's um, it's an airport. It's an international airport in Japan. Hmm. Huh. Actually, did... I Because I know um, Judah and Logan went to Japan in, for a Velveteen. Did they ever go to Japan before? Or?
1: As far as I know, no. They'd never been to huh. Japan. Um, yeah, like, Judah, I remember, went to Iceland hoping to see Bjork or maybe saw Bjork for, like, oh, New Year's Eve
0: 1999.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I don't think anyone... Uh, They'd never been to Japan until they went there with Velveteen.
0: Interesting. Which huh. would have
1: been well after this.
0: Yeah. Actually, kinda going off off topic a little bit, um, when you said Judah went to Iceland, I was looking up the Velveteen, that's when it says that the Velveteen started as kind of a electronic side project of Judah's and it said he played there live or something. Can you is there anything you can say about that? Well, so Even
1: while, like, I think during this album going on, um, Judah and Logan were playing together a lot and recording stuff. This thing that was wound up being called The Secret Band because it was a secret from Little Tin Frog that they were doing that side thing. I think there was just, like, stuff they wanted to do that didn't fit in with what Little Tin Frog was doing. Yeah. And um, so then they kind of... uh, The band broke up and... But it, it... I think Judah was doing some electronic stuff on the side that maybe he started using that name. And it totally wasn't clear at all that Logan and Judah were going to form a band that was going to be more like an indie rock band. Like, I remember yeah. seeing I remember seeing Judah perform by himself and doing some of the secret band songs and some other songs that later became Velveteen songs. But just kind of slowly over time, um, the they started playing with Josh and it merged into the Velveteen and they you know they took that name that Judah had been using separately as the, the name of the band.
0: Gotcha. Um, what projects were you doing about this time? I know you collaborated with Logan and Judah here, it's apparent, but I mean um, what what stuff were you doing on the side?
1: I think I was um, working on writing my own songs and I remember that I played with this guy named James Combs. I recorded on, on his record and it, uh, Judah and I played some shows with James oh. um, the backing band and actually yeah I was gonna I forgot to mention we were listening to Watertown it's so cool to I just really love the way Judah plays bass and yeah. some some of the coolest stuff he did on bass was when we were that I remember was when we were playing with um, James's band but there's no recordings of that or anything
0: oh dang yeah. but yeah no um, so this this kind of uh, solidifies the fact that this album really is kind of a huge transition album. So I'm assuming at this point, so Lilton Frog broke up. um, Logan and uh, Judah and Dominic are all kind of hanging out together. But I mean, everyone's kind of like trying to figure out where to go from here. So this is, this kind of also sets the the tone for the next track, which is going to be a complete 180 on everything we've heard so far. In that Logan's just trying to, I guess, figure out what he wants to do after this. And I think maybe that's why Junior Science Club became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so that, that kind of sets the tone for this next track, which is a, uh, a cover track of a very good Fullerene song. It's called Big Mistake. really good i really like this but at the same time it is like again it's a complete like 180 from everything we've heard so far
1: yeah i also really like it i kind of would prefer to listen to it not on this album just like separate but i think it's um i really like the original song um but he's made it more of a piano ballad i think it's more guitar in the original yeah and yeah. uh, yeah and i feel like it's uh, I definitely hear like his piano playing being much much better than before.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. He's more um, more polished. He's he's kind of going off, and he's more confident in his playing as a result.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a pretty daring step for him to sing like this too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's interesting because so I think the only. Um, instruments there are on this track, it's just piano, drums and um, Logan singing on it, yet at the same time it's almost like you can hear other instruments, like um, like kinda like, a, like, like, you know, listening to Daniel Johnson or something not, not that it's anywhere near like as bare-bones as Daniel Johnson is, but like you hear just like a rough demo of some song or something and um, you just kinda can hear like the other parts that just aren't there, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, you think your ear fills it in. Yeah, you can just exactly. kind of imagine. And it.
0: I, I th- ah. Yeah. And that's why I was so confused when I realized there wasn't any bass cuz I, I kept hearing a bass track but there really wasn't any there. It's
1: it, what's, what's impressive to me when I listen to this is just thinking about that he couldn't play all the instruments at the same time. But yet you hear things like little builds
0: where yeah, the instruments.
1: Exactly. That that that's pretty tricky to do when you're just doing them one at a time to like kind of really nail that stuff
0: yeah so no, no, he definitely had this all in his head and um again i think the best part about this is that it is it's a cover song but at the same time it's it's its own unique identity and it's not going solely off of the um, acoustic track that was the original um for those of you who want to check it out it's on it's the last track on um better dating through technology by the fullerenes and um but i mean this song really does kind of stand on its own and i i I gotta give him props for that because that's a really hard thing to do to make a cover that's that's original from the original
1: yeah and i think too it sort of fits in with a little bit of the theme we've been talking about where he's like experimenting with making more serious moving stuff yeah i think he's kind of figuring out how to do that on this album exactly Um, yeah and you could see the uh i wonder if the special gift to you the that was later a Velveteen song was written around this time.
0: I think it was, yeah. Um, I think the demo was written about maybe this time, 2000, maybe 2001. But um, yeah, no, so this is definitely setting the tone of um, Logan not only experimenting more with, with his silly stuff and just audio experiments, but also with more serious, um, I guess, ballads, you could say, just more um, more darker kind of stuff. And yeah. um, it's interesting because I mean, um, I think um, when he finally like goodbye by four track comes in, none of this is there. So I mean, this is obviously very um, experimental still.
1: Right, it's, it's experimental, but no one hearing it would be. It's ex, it's Logan experimenting, but it's not experimental music.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But again, like what like what you said, um, this is a really good track, but it stands out like a store of thumb on this album. It really does. It's like. Because you got Tokyo Narita, the really weird um Zany collaboration preceding it. And then you've got Farewell Hesperus, which is the next track on this album. And let's get let's just give that a listen here.
1: Alright.
3: Give vibes to the job talking choir boy. The rocking chair lady said you're stinker. Everybody's packing a hand name. 16 miles to the nearest food, the rocking chair lady said,
1: Nice water town reference.
0: I know, I really like that. But <laughs> um yeah, this is that <laughs> again, it's like he turned us one eighty with big mistake, and then he does it again with farewell Hesperus. It's just it's so silly and um random. So I'm looking off the Wikipedia article here. So in Greek mythology, Hesperus is the evening star, the planet Venus in the evening. He is the son of the dawn goddess eos eos and is the half brother of her other son phosphorus also called Eosphorus, the morning star Hmm. so uh i don't know what Hesperus has to do with (laughs) with this song but um yeah there's a little little greek trivia for you there
1: yeah it's got the rap kind of verse but uh i think i like the chorus i like the chorus
0: yeah no I, i definitely agree with you there and i like the rocking chair lady yeah And uh, track 13, lucky track 13, is um, a very short tune, it's called Island of
2: Monkeys. (laughs)
1: if logan had lived longer i feel very confident that he would have been hired by nintendo
0: oh yeah no i I agree with you there this is definitely um again another change of pace another experiment so this one um apparently it's an instrumental tribute to monkey island what logan says was one of the best series of games ever and um this definitely reeks of like just an old school video game right here and I, i could like see myself playing on like an nes or something and um Apparently this um, isn't a MIDI track. I thought for sure like the first time I heard it that it was um, a MIDI program track because you know, I'm, I'm assuming back then that at this point they could do like MIDI tracks, but um, Apparently it was all done by hand. So I mean that's really impressive in and of itself
1: You know why Logan would do things by hand? It's because he could and it's faster
0: Yeah, No, that's, I guess but, that's true.
1: Like when you get in there like punching in all the things it takes days. so like all the all the drum tracks and stuff like when it's even as a drum machine he would play it oh wow you know maybe yeah I mean maybe you might go in and tweak the MIDI or something later but he would generally play the stuff because he he could kind of do it perfectly in one take usually
0: oh that's awesome yeah yeah but um yeah no this is a again it's another little thing like by itself this is actually really nice but it just it just really doesn't fit in with this album and maybe this album isn't meant to like fit together as easily maybe it is just supposed to be more like a, a collection than it is an album
1: i mean i think we were always um into those albums that varied a lot like uh they might be giants flood or or, yeah. uh, or the beatles revolver and we even tried to do that in in little tin frog with some of the stuff yeah. but uh sometimes it works more than others but I, I do like that aesthetic of the kind of random album
0: Yeah, and I I like this too. It is um, very—it adds a lot of variety, and it's also it kind of shows off what Logan's capable of doing right now. It's not—it's not him sticking to one thing. He's kind of going all over the place, and I I really do like it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But going back old school here, he's bringing back something that everybody knows and loves—the best product in the world and the universe combined. Farkle, new and improved!
3: Farkle. Farkle! Since 1942 and before, Farkle has been an international institution known worldwide for its endurance, reliability, celery smell, and freshness in the face of adversity, mold, concrete, Dostoevsky, ready-made pie crust tackle box, and reducing swelling in children ages 14 to 86. Farkle was history in the making. Why, even Farkle's late creator, the late creator of Farkle, used to say,
4: I forgot what I was going to say! It was quite funny, though. An
3: amusing anecdote. Yes, as our American boys marched off to war, marching over land, marching overseas, and marching in the air, Farkle and Farkle commercials kept their spirits alive and sparkling clean. Why, here's an old Farkle commercial from the old days of black and white right here.
4: Yes, friends, the year is 1942 and before. Adolphus Hitler and his mighty army of nasties are rising up, and Farkle is cheaper than ever. Buy it today and save a lot of hassle. And now, frozen in this block of ice, is the creator of Farkle himself. Would you say a few words for us here today? Now, right this moment, here's the microphone. Here, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. It was quite funny though. An amusing attitude.
0: Personally, I, I think this is my favorite Farkle commercial out of the ones he's made. Because this one, it's also, I think it's the longest one he made. It's like, it's a little over four and a half minutes and he just goes, he just goes all out on this one. Um, this is also the first one he had um, other people on. He had um, Kevin Sir Bubba And this actually might be the session Where he um, coughed and made The infamous Bubba's uh, throat song uh, Matlock Zumsteak, Who I believe he was kind of collaborating with At the same time
1: Yeah definitely uh, I don't remember how they Maybe they must have met through the internet or something as well But uh, yeah. Matlock was kind of do, doing sketch comedy And uh, I think Logan wrote a, the theme for his sketch comedy
0: show that's right. Yeah, no, it was called um, It's the Show. And I think there are some clips up on YouTube. Everyone wants to check it out. And um, Eric Hansen is also on this track. Who is Who is Eric Hansen? Is he from Hansen?
1: I believe this is uh, Logan's stepbrother. Okay. Maybe cool. not. No, no, no. I think that's wrong. I think that's another... I forget Logan's stepbrother's last name. His first name's Eric. I think his was
0: name in is... Ah, um... oh, no, I'm forgetting. Um, Greg. Greg's his last name. Oh, yeah.
1: I actually, I do remember who Eric Hansen is, but I can't tell you anything about him. Just he's a the lead guy. singer of Hansen, right? He's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why why he couldn't get his brothers to be on this track.
0: Yeah, no, so he got the lead singer from Hansen. I mean, Logan Logan and his connections. That's, that's <laughs> what this album's showing off. He got Alvin Out of Speed Rehab, and now he's getting uh, the lead singer of Hansen on the Farkle commercial. Perfect. Perfect. That's amazing. That's just another reason why this is the best Farkle commercial ever.
1: My favorite thing in this one is just the uh, the broadcast, the World War II broadcast,
0: yeah. and just
1: how that, that sounds r- very real to me. I don't know how it you does. do that.
0: <laughs> he actually did a really good job with that. I like the um, the testimony about the person with their with their dog who died, and how it sounds so cut up. But it, I'm sure it's like from the same session. He had to actually like change the EQ of like the different tracks to make it sound like it was from different sources so that it cut all up and made it obviously sound like it was from different places when it probably wasn't.
1: <laughs> exactly. that yeah. it's, it's just you could tell he's having so much fun yeah,
0: exactly. doing that. And and this is him playing around with the computer more definitely and um, with different effects to kind of achieve what he's looking for and he pulls it off really well. I really like this one. It would be
1: impossible for me to have a favorite Farco though because like I can't oh, no. They're not distinct entities to me. They're all one Just one
0: one big Farkle commercial.
1: It's sort of like if you when you go to a mall, you're like, oh, I'm at the mall again. All malls are the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know though. Some malls have like the big amusement parks in the middle. Those are those have got to be pretty awesome. Okay, I would go.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is the, this is the weirdest Farkle is the weirdest mall I've ever
0: been to. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta agree with you there. Farkle is a pretty weird mall. <laughs> um track 15 is a personal favorite of mine as well it's called she's 10 feet tall
2: i uh, i have have a little little, uh, i just just think think we need to go go back to our 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 childlike childlike days days. as As children children, we'd we'd never gone on to put limits around things i'm on the phone
3: with her and she says
1: One of my favorite songs on the record.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I definitely gotta agree. Um, Logan says, Nothing like a little drum loop to break you out of a songwriting slump, just like Honey to the Bee, baby. So um, <laughs> that brings up a, a good point, because um, he said uh, with the Junior Science Club theme that um, he came up with the name to break him out of a, a writer's block period. So, how, uh, how often did um, Logan have like writer's block or something of that sort?
1: I think that when he says that, he meant, like, there was a moment when he didn't have good ideas for a second. Uh, <laughs> like, because, so if you think about it, he's, during all the time of all these records we're talking about, he's yeah. going to school full-time and making a bunch of, like, he's an art major, so he's making a bunch of art projects. He's um, touring and writing songs and playing with Littleton Frog. I mean, we were playing a lot for, yeah. for a local band that's not signed or anything and making albums there and then he's you know i mean we recorded like you know an album a year or something of that order and then he's doing all these on the side as well like all these albums like at least one a year and so i think he was super super productive Um, yeah so like when he talks about having writer's block i think we would all love to uh love to have writer's block like him
0: (laughs) that's just funny Um, Yeah, no, it sounds like, um, I mean, from what I've gathered, it seems like he would, um, like, if he had a period where, like, if a day went by that he didn't have anything good, he would record something, just anything, and then he would call that productive for the day. Like, I think there's a a little track out there on the internet called um, Abercrombie is a Weirdo. And it is probably, like, the laziest Logan song I heard. And from what I gather, that was just a day where he didn't have anything. And so he just recorded that. But, I mean, it sounds like he was always recording and always writing here.
1: He was. Uh, a weird thing is I don't think of him as someone who's, like, a really hard worker. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like he was somebody who, um, like, I remember when we had roommates uh we'd be like oh man Logan's like left his mess around again and stuff like that <laughs> not that he was like a super dirty guy or anything but um, I, I think it just kind of like if you were if you were doing if you were make trying to make up music with him and it wasn't coming he'd be like ah let's just go do something else you gotcha
0: yeah. yeah sounds yeah. like he kind of went with the flow there
1: he went with the flow yeah so I think it nice. just and maybe that's a little bit of why it came easily he didn't yeah. push it he didn't push it too hard or overthink it
0: that's probably best, yeah. Or else we wouldn't have songs like She's 10 Feet Tall, which, I again, I really, really like this song. It's funny, though, because um, it's, obviously it's linked with um, Marie, You're Taller Than Me. It's it's I think it's the same woman, isn't it?
1: I believe this is about the same same woman whose name is not Marie, um, just because I remember him having a, a, a crush on this one particular woman, and, and she moved to Portland. Which, by the way, that's one of the, the lyrics I really like, because this might be a thing that You had to be around to like get the the sarcasm in it um yeah she says like she wants to be she's tired of being predictable predictable,
0: so she moves to portland (laughs) which is was
1: like a really cliche thing to do at the time in our area yeah because um (laughs) like there was kind of a good music scene up in portland and um it was a lot less expensive so like lots of people were moving up to portland
0: gotcha gotcha because yeah. the way the way he says it, it sounds like it's it's funny because she wants to be unpredictable so she's going to do the most random thing and move to portland exactly and um yeah and it's funny because uh, obviously he's referring to this woman but it reminds me a lot of like christine since she's she's up in portland and she's like she seems like the kind of person that would say just that
1: yeah well, i mean there's a reason why the show portlandia exists
2: yeah
0: <laughs> 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 but yeah no definitely this is one of my um one of the favorites on the album it's definitely it's it's just a really really good track
1: i think that this is kind of a i like this one because you could tell what it's about it's you know it's fairly straightforward yeah but it also has the a lot of interesting lyrics to think about like the lycanthropy reference oh
0: yeah lycanthropy is caramel i love that <laughs> that's i do I, I i was like i didn't realize you could put lycanthropy in a song and um that's that's beautiful and i like the um uh the part where the he breaks the coffee cup and and all of a sudden he has like an existential crisis where's my coffee where's my sense of direction
1: yeah it's, yeah it's exactly it's, really,
0: it's, got, it's got it all it's got it all and she's it's pretty it it, it,
1: it's clever and moving
0: yeah exactly and i think i think that that really helps it move along and I love it. Um, the next track is also a really good track it's called A Matter of Twine.
1: This one's interesting for me because um logan played this for me in the van when we were going to play a show somewhere yeah. this one this one and saturday 243 yeah uh, and it's i feel like i like kind of uh looking back i'm like oh i was kind of immature then because i really didn't i don't think i really liked either of them that much like i was like oh it's kind of another like logan piano song like he can just do these all day and
0: yeah spit them out
1: <laughs> um when i hear this one now it actually really affects me and it uh, like it works on a kind of paul mccartney like super catchy and this one's like absurdly catchy level yeah. but the lyrics are actually pretty serious and they I rea- yeah and i realize now that his grandmother actually died around this time oh dang and um so yeah, it's got some pretty serious content in it.
0: It does, and it, it, it is weird. Um, but at the same time, it's like you said, it's just it's very catchy. It's very, it's it's lighthearted on the surface, but it's got it's it's actually like some serious stuff underneath. And it's funny. Um, Logan says here, so he recorded it um, at Sonoma State. Apparently, the piano was in their music department, and he says, "I think this song has a lot of meaning, but I'm not quite sure what it is. I have an idea, though." It's about the formation of coral atolls in the Pacific Ocean. No, that's not it. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's funny. But um, yeah, no, I feel like this song in particular is really just like an underrated gem on this album. It really is. And it's got his classic piano um, style. I love I love the show tuning style. I really do. And um, yeah. and, it, and obviously a lot of thought went into it. And I think it really shows.
1: It has a really good flow to to the lyrics. And I think the the piano has lots of hooks in it i think yeah. this is my this is my favorite song on the album this is it yeah
0: I, I i gotta say this is like a close second for me i really do like this one as well yeah. um a matter of twine you get a you get a gold star from owen and a gold star a silver star for me you get a silver star that's good enough for gold but you get my silver star yep yeah.
1: we'll take and, it we'll uh, take what we can get
0: t- yeah we'll take what we can get <laughs> uh track 17 is they were not their normal size
3: this is the thing
0: That that took took me by by
3: complete complete and utter utter surprise. Surprise. I saw my hands hands
4: on on television,
3: television.
4: and they were not their normal size.
3: size. (laughs) They were not their normal size. (laughs) This is the thing. That made me stop. Check my pockets again.
2: I heard the voices
3: come from my wallet. A twenty arguing with a ten.
0: Like this one too. It's kind of um. It really is kind of like hiding between all these really good tracks, but. Um, this reminds me of something that, like, you'd hear on They Might Be Giant's, like, very first album. And it's just kind of, like, that weirdness, and it kind of plays around with different um, keyboard sounds and, and a drum machine and all that stuff. And I really I really kind of dig it in a weird way.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like the... I like it. It's more bizarre than funny.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just that kind of, like... It's just like stuff that you'd think like when you're half asleep, like you see your hands on TV and they're not their normal size. It's like almost kind of like you're, you're not quite fully awake yet. It's really, really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And very it g- cool. It
0: gives off that feeling. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. Um, track 18 is another cover on this album. It's called What I Ain't Got. Oh
3: no, I ain't got a job. I ain't got a car. I ain't got a dime to my name I ain't got a girl I ain't got a home And I need to shave my ears
0: This song has a really interesting, I guess, like, rags-to-riches story, you could say. So the original version um, of this song, um, which I found and I uploaded it to YouTube under some random alt account, it's um, very simple. It's it's Albrot, um, Albert Peter, and he's on his piano, and he's literally, like, just hitting the notes of the melody of the song that you can tell he came up with in, like, five seconds, and he just decided to put it on mp3.com. And apparently Logan found it and he made this cover of it which is so well like arranged and so like it sounds like an actual song and it's it's interesting how he this is what he took away from that like short 15 second something that most people would just kind of look over logan saw this and it's really i i find that pretty incredible
1: yeah i never knew i never read the liner notes and knew that was by somebody else but it always had that sometimes like you can just be kind of like playing an instrument and sort of singing random stuff. Yeah. And you're not even, and you kind of get into like a dream state. You're not even thinking. Yeah, exactly. And, and you might record it. This seems like one of those.
0: It is. And, and and if you heard the original, you could definitely hear that. It sounds like Albert is literally making this up on the spot. And it's it's funny how he basically put it on mp3.com to basically forget about it. And Logan takes this idea of this something that just really... Not <laughs> most people would not think it was good, but Logan saw it and he made he made this this very well arranged uh, piece, and I think that I, I that that blows me away. It really does.
1: Yeah, it's very well done.
0: Yeah. So um, this gets a gold star for me. This this gets a gold star. Um, track nineteen is a question which I have been asking for a very long time, and I'm glad somebody is finally bringing it up to the front here. Why don't they call it art? I'm
4: standing on my-
1: one uh, reminds me of i remember having conversations with logan about uh because he was in he was studying art at this time yeah which by the way he's going to sonoma state which is kind of in ronard park it's not an art school at all yeah um, um which is kind of weird like i mean he, he's like a guy who went to the national spelling bee i don't know he was probably valedictorian or something i don't even know he uh, might have been yeah i no, he's yeah. very smart yeah yeah exactly and I feel like he just picked to go to Sonoma State because he was like, "Oh well, seems like a nice area to live. Like, it's not too far. <laughs> it's like far enough away from my family that I'm going away to school, but not too far. Yeah. And, you know, it's not yeah. it's not an art school, but he's like, 'Okay, yeah, I'll go to I'll do like printmaking there.' But anyway, um, uh, I remember him talking about how like some of the other students in his program were very much like interested in kind of understanding art history and all the different movements yeah. so that they could kind of identify their own philosophy and kind of see their place in art history and you know where they were. I think this was like a very foreign concept to Logan who was just kind of like, Oh, Hey, I feel like drawing a picture of uh, <laughs> this. Oh, Hey, why don't we make this song?" And so it, like I think he enjoyed like the craft of art school, and you know liked you know enjoyed like you know, learning art history in the sense that just looking at art and appreciating it. Yeah. But I I think he just kind of uh, wasn't really that interested in being overly theoretical about it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I see. That is interesting. Um, I I, <laughs> I get a really like nice note here. Um, so Logan says. I was so stressed about my art history midterm that I got a pimple on my chin. Not just a little whitehead, no. One of those big honkers that consume your whole face like big red leeches. This is a song about how I hate overclassification and (laughs) multi-syllabicity. Well, I aced the midterm, which is surprising since I wrote the song instead of studying. Typical. Um, (laughs) I always thought this song was so funny. And um, right now I'm taking summer classes at a local college. And I'm taking art history right now. And... I, I, this song is so true. So true. I, I'm feeling every, every inch of the song. I really <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I remember he showed me his notes actually, and you know, it would like, if they were talking about Van Gogh or something, he would yeah. quickly like draw a little picture of the painting.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I should, I should start doing that now because I got to find out all the different characteristics of the Baroque era and the Rococo and, I, I, I really don't want to. You gotta help me out here, Owen. I really don't want to do this.
1: No, it's um, it's important. It's very important. It is. It is listen, important. Why listen, don't they call it art? Listen I to the authorities.
0: I do. I will. <laughs> I, I'm gonna take Logan's advice. I'm just gonna write a song instead of studying for the midterm,
1: or make a podcast.
0: Yes, or make a podcast. <laughs> hey, maybe this is helping. Who knows? Yeah. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> so we're almost done with the album here. We got two more tracks left, and this next track is probably my favorite Logan song, not just on the album, but in general. I think this is his most well-written song. And it's confusing because it's got two different titles. So technically, by all means necessary, this song is called Saturday 2.43 PM. However, I've seen it referred to by a completely different name, The Death of a Dreamer. I don't know where the confusion came in. I don't know if he posted it on mp3.com as a different name, I really have no idea. So for convenience sake, I'm going to call this Saturday, 2.43pm, The Death of the Dreamer.
3: The sun is very bright today, and still the clouds are big and gray. upon your face is from the depths of outer space. A billion years from Western Avenue. My emotional survival depends on your song until I see you come along. Or maybe I will write that song for you. And then a circuit in my brain will explode.
0: So there is quite an extensive backstory to this song. So this seems to be the first Logan track that was actually recorded in a studio. Um, he says he did a demo of the song a long uh, time ago with a cheesy piano sound and he spent time at Hyde Street Studios in San Francisco to help record with Lucky Strike and um, he, he wanted to bring in his four track and he used the in-studio equipment to uh, record this version of the song in the studio.
1: Hmm, interesting. Does it, yeah. sound, does it sound way better to you or does it seem like a... Um,
0: the sounds... Personally, I mean, it sounds about the same as all the other tracks, but there definitely is like a marimba, which you haven't heard on any other tracks or anything like that. Ah, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, but again, this is another like live track that's definitely like... All the instruments are real. There's no um, keyboard sounds or anything here. And um, I mean, I, I just really, really like the song. I feel like it, it sums up everything logan's written up to this point like everything that was kind of random or silly or serious is kind of all meshed into this one song and it 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 just it just it reeks logan i feel
1: yeah i feel like um i feel like in terms of song craftsmanship this is really reaching a new level um in both in terms of like melody and lyrics but also it has really distinct parts it's a very classic kind of songwriter's song um i'd be interested to know if randy newman was an influence on this Um, yeah because it's definitely got that um sort of piano song craftsmanship
0: yeah exactly and it's 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 definitely like it's it's a ballad by all means and um and it's interesting because, I mean, it's about a, a guy getting hit by a car, and yet, again, it's like it's like a matter of twining that it is so lighthearted on the surface, even though it's about a guy that's literally dying on the street. And, um, I don't know, it, it's just really this this song, and it just, it I don't know, it, it really speaks to me. And this the last line, um, my wife will not be fleeting when I'm out among the stars, that's on his uh, epitaph.
1: Yeah, so it, it's actually... It's like he's trying to do that more serious stuff and pulling it off.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because he's yeah. not—he's not being too like deadly serious, like a special gift to you or the cover of Big Mistake. This is him being as serious as, uh, and, but still being Logan, still keeping true with his his silly roots, I guess.
1: So it, the song seems to be about kind of the character. I'll just say the character has yeah. fallen in love with someone, but they're separate, and they're hoping to meet again and um, and then there's kind of a death but do you think it's kind of a story about somebody literally dying or is it kind of that the relationship didn't work out or what's your take
0: it might actually it might be a metaphor because i mean um, so he says like everyone's kind of gathered around me and then he sees the the girl and and he basically starts singing aloud goodbye goodbye that's all i have to say ah. and so this might this might be more the death of a relationship than the literal death but it's just funny to think of it as a literal death for some reason
1: yeah, yeah. I wonder what Saturday 243, it would, it would be great to know... Yeah, uh, that's,
0: a, that's a very specific day and time, isn't it? I mean, if we were going like like the Beatles with like Paula's dead theory, we would do something along those lines.
1: So here's my take listening to this song now, and I, again, like I didn't get it at the time, but I feel like more and more Logan was trying to um, talk about really serious things going on in his life. Yeah. But... But... Uh, he's doing it in this very covert way where you kind of have to really be paying attention to get it.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you here. This is definitely, this and A Matter of Twine, they're both, it's like they're both uh, brother and sister. They're both like the same kind of song in that it's a very serious song about serious topics. And yet at at the same time on the surface, everything seems very lighthearted and it comes off as just a catchy song.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's very good.
0: Yeah, I think that's really hard to pull off, isn't it? I mean, to make something that that sounds so lighthearted, yet at the same time, there's actually like a a deeper meaning behind it. And it's only like when you start looking into it, you're like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's this, um... shoot, I'm not going to be able to remember the song. But there's a famous song like this where if you really listen to it, it's kind of about the character being suicidal. Oh. But it comes up, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean this is something that like you'd expect from like like really like master songwriters and here Logan's pulling it off twice. And I think that that's just incredible. This is that's why this song in particular this is my favorite Logan song.
1: Yeah, you could tell he's also doing it very naturally.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's not it's like what you're saying about him. He's not trying to push it. He's not trying to force it out of him. He's just letting it come out naturally the best way he can.
1: Yeah. Hey, do you know the song The song I was trying to reference a minute ago is, is Alone Again, Naturally? Do you know that song?
0: I don't think so. Who did that?
1: Uh, I can't remember his name. It's like a one-hit wonder.
0: Naturally. All right, I'll have to check that check out. Check that one out. Oh, yeah. and um, by the way, thank you for the, uh, the reference for Temporary Secretary. We recommended ah. se- uh, Temporary Secretary um, with the last album. That... <laughs> the first time i listened to that song i was actually kind of scared i was like what is this and um it, and it's and i listened to that whole album um paul mccartney's mccartney 2 and i found a lot of like correlations between that album and like logan stuff in general so mccartney 2 is an album i think it's after the breakup of wings and paul mccartney's just home recording by himself and he's doing all these like really silly songs as well as songs that are like just completely Paul McCartney, and I think actually this this album might be like Logan's McCartney too.
1: Oh right, because I mean
0: a... you got because he got really silly stuff, really stuff that's even stuff that's not that good. Temporary secretary is good in a horrible way, or is it? Hor- no, it's horrible in a great way, in that it's like it's a horrible horrible song and it's just so silly. I love it, and yeah. then you got stuff like um, um on the same album like waterfalls and one of these days, which are just really good songs and i feel like earth is big is good in that same way you got stuff like tokyo narita and i want to rock on the same album as a matter of twine in saturday 243
1: totally that's yeah uh by the way mccartney his first solo album was also made at home after the beatles of the break breakup of the beatles but you're right that was all home recorded right yeah they have that home recording kind of thing in, in common.
0: So I can kind of see some correlations between that But yeah, no, this um, That's why this, uh, personally, I think I might have to retract that after re Listening to Goodbye My Four Track, but this is probably My favorite Logan album ah. I really like it um, cool. So this brings us to the Final track on the album It's the return of None other than Sid Sheinberg Apparently he escaped out of hell And <laughs> he's still going around touring the clubs And this is called Sid Seinberg sings CP Violation Song. Hey, Sid? Sid? Yeah, what is it, kid? You want an autograph?
4: Well, sure, but I was wondering if I could ask you a question. Hand me that pen there. I'll sign your napkin. Uh, here you go. What's your name? Logan. To Logan, thanks for bothering me after my piano act and making me miss my bus home. O-M-E. Sidney J. Seinberg. E-R-G. Thanks. Anyway, about that question. I know what you're gonna ask, so don't even bother. Here, let me sing you a song about it before the bar closes here. <clears throat> okay. The Charge Conjugation Parity Violation Song by Sidney J. Scheinberg. I two put, uh, three. There's matter in my trousers. There's matter in my hair. There's so much freaking matter, it's damn near everywhere. What isn't making sense to me is how it all got there. But seriously, what puzzles me is why I even care. Physicists love symmetry. It's simple and it's nice. For explaining all phenomena, just a couple rules suffice. So my but take on this song is,
1: enough, very you know, Logan had done a lot of songs that were kind of sort of parodies of a style of music, but making it be kind of like this educational science song. Yeah. And this is a parody of those songs.
2: <laughs>
1: because like no. it... It's about you some, s- right. yeah. It's about some like scientific thing that no, pretty much nobody cares about, <laughs> and it's not done in a way that you can kind of like remember it or anything.
0: Exactly. Yeah. No. It. it um... <laughs> so Logan said that this was an assignment for his cosmology class. Um, he says it went over pretty well, but I think I lost everybody around the middle of Sid's exposition. That's okay. It lost me too. And it's funny listening to this song because it's like, you're right, it's, um, it's catchy up to a certain point and then Sid just goes all off on about antimatter and laboratories and, and um, what was it, the K's or whatever. Yeah. And you can't, you can't remember any of that and you're like, what what the heck is he saying? But at, when, when I finish listening to this song, I'm like, wow, I feel a lot smarter now, even though I have no idea what he just said. I feel, I feel much smarter.
1: Definitely if you did figure out what this song was about, you would uh, probably boost your IQ 10 points.
0: Yes, yes. Either that or gain a hundred points. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> I'm probably losing ten points. Just, just trying to figure it out right now. But um, yeah, no, I love, I love Sid Sheinberg. I think shit Sid is hilarious, and it's unfortunate that I think this is the last um track he appears on.
1: Oh, the last of Sid. Sheinberg. Sid's
0: last, last hurrah. It's the CP violation song.
1: Yeah, it's really. I love the uh, this the radio play kind of stuff at the beginning. It's great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the fact logan's talking to himself as it it's it's great so that was um that was earth is big uh what, what are your what are your thoughts owen
1: yeah i guess in summary it's kind of a a big boost forward in recording quality arranging singing piano playing and also kind of a album where instead of experimenting with kind of sounds and noise there's still some of that but it's moving into experimenting with more kind of emotional content
0: yeah no definitely and um i really like it because of that i like that he's kind of he's going outside of his um writing comfort zone i guess and rather than writing all these silly songs that he likes he's trying to uh do something different and um, this album is kind of a conglomeration of everything that he's, he's done up to this point, and I really like it because of that. It really is like a good, um, it's demo reel of what he's capable of.
1: Totally, yeah. And I think um, it's like sometimes, it occasionally, it doesn't work, but then in the times when it does, it's it's a real breakthrough.
0: Yeah. No. I. I yeah. Definitely. Um, so before we go here, I have to ask. So this album came out in 2000 and Goodbye My Portrait came out in 2003 so uh, during that three year gap I know he was doing The Velvet Teen um, was he still like writing and recording or um, was he like taking a break? What Do you know what was happening there?
1: Um, I'm not totally sure it doesn't feel, my memory is that it wasn't the it wasn't three years between this and that so I'm I think I have also seen that Goodbye My 4-Track came out in 2003, but I'm not totally sure I believe that. Or no. if it is true, then it must have been kind of done for a long time.
0: Gotcha, yeah.
1: Because um, I know that I played on actually quite a few tracks on Goodbye My 4-Track, yeah, and it, was, it wasn't like years later. Um, but I do think that Logan was pretty busy doing, uh, doing the Velveteen as well.
0: Yeah, all right. That makes sense. Alrighty, well that was the uh fourth album in the Junior Science Club discography. Earth is Big. What do you what do you rate this album, Owen? What what would you give it if we give a star rating?
1: Like one to five stars?
0: Yeah, out of everything we've listened to so far, how would you rate this?
1: Well, I don't know about star ratings, but I would say like I still like the I would be as big biggest as octopus more. Yeah. Even though, like, I kind of know it's wrong, and nobody will agree with me.
2: <laughs> um, that's alright.
1: But uh, I do really like this one, and I do think it's a leap forward in all the ways we kind of talked about.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, this is probably my favorite so far. Um, if "Goodbye My Four Track" uh, like really pulls me in that direction again, because it's been a while since I've listened to it, but I have a feeling I'm gonna that's gonna be my favorite album out of all of these. But as of right now. I think Earth is Big is is my favorite. Cool. So thank you everyone for listening. This has been Talk in the Microphone with Connor Nyberg and Owen Otto. Be sure to tune in um, sometime whenever we record next. And we'll be talking about the infamous Goodbye My Fortress. Goodbye. My (laughs) Fortress.